0: Hello, and welcome to On Your Left, the politics podcast that's probably to your left. My name is Katrina Ames, and I use she-them pronouns.
1: And I'm Nerali Sheth, I use she-her pronouns. Uh, we are in your uh, podcast feeds every Wednesday, so please be sure to hit the follow button and share uh, this podcast with your friends. You love this podcast, you know you love it. Share it with your friends. It's, it's a good time.
0: And if you would like to help us make this podcast, you can check out our Patreon at patreon.com onyourleftpod.
1: You can also share that with your friends.
0: Let's start this podcast off with COVID updates. And we're actually going to start with good news, because in good COVID news, the seven-day rolling average of new cases of COVID-19 has been trending downwards in almost every part of the United States.
1: Yeah, that's fantastic. I think uh, part of it is because um, it's currently snowing right now where I am, and um, we got two full feet of snow before this last week, Um, so people are just staying home. (laughs) But it's great.
0: Uh, It did peak about two weeks after Christmas, uh, and I'm sure the people who visited with other people outside of their household also noticed that. Mm Mm-hmm and hopefully they were taking a calculated risk and still took precautions, but hopefully there's not another super spreader event in the near future.
1: I just feel like what- I know today as we're recording it the Super Bowl is happening, but um, what is there to do in like February and March, really? Like Valentine's Day is well whatever, if you're if you're like living with your significant other, like you're living with your significant other, if you're not and you're like me, you're watching every single version of Pride and Prejudice you possibly can. Like that's a
0: stay-home holiday. What else is there? Yeah, there's there's truly not a lot for the foreseeable future. So we can hope this lack of uh, family gatherings, this lack of public events will really help people stay home because they won't be missing their family especially hard, or uh, mourning traditions that they can't do because of COVID. They'll just stay home and watch Netflix, and that's cool. I love Netflix. Yeah, Netflix is great. That is
1: great news, but there's also some not-so-good news, Um, and that's that the average is still... Oh, this number's wild the average is still 104 percent higher than the amount of cases uh when the virus peaked in the summer
0: um and for our listeners who are bad at math when something is a hundred percent 104 percent higher that means it actually more than doubled
1: yeah yeah that's a lot of math um but also that that's a lot of covid cases And um, yeah, we know that things have been, we know that because of the virus mutating, there's been like, uh, it's been more contagious and it's more difficult to be safe from it. But, you know, there's double masking, there's, you know, staying home when you can, washing your hands, doing all the things we've been doing. So hopefully you don't get it.
0: In some ways this bad news doesn't feel that bad because I remember being horrified of this in the summer and being really worried and trying to take every possible precaution and now I'm used to this and I'm still taking every possible precaution I can because I'm trying to be responsible but I understand it's. It doesn't feel as bad as it is, because I've just gotten used to this bad news.
1: Yeah, exactly, which is not a good thing. We shouldn't be desensitized to this, but we've been dealing with this for nearly a year, so it's not very surprising um, that we are desensitized to doubling the number from six months ago. But, yeah. Yeah. I don't really know what else to say about that because it's just, like, depressing that that this is the number and also that it's not very shocking and that we're just like, okay, next. It kind of feels like the way we, like, from what I remember, the way we used to talk about the Iraq War, like, at the in the first couple years of the Iraq War versus, like, after the fact when it was just, like, yeah, our country's at war, moving on. Yeah, it just feels the same way.
0: It definitely feels bad, and like we've desensitized ourselves to this news that is all consuming, but I'm willing to be cautiously optimistic um, because there are no major holidays coming up that requires people to, you know, leave their homes or gather in large crowds uh, because of the vaccine efforts that are taking place and aren't great yet, uh, honestly, with the distribution. I am cautiously optimistic if we can just stay overall responsible people who care about our neighbors and who want to do right by them we can keep driving this down. Yeah. Um, and
1: I don't know if this is good or bad news, but it's strange news that the number of coronavirus tests that are administered daily has been trending downward for more than two weeks. So either people are getting COVID but aren't able to get a test or people are growing complacent as vaccines are becoming available. Um, but yeah, it's weird that there aren't more people taking getting the COVID test done in the last few weeks.
0: I am not as excited about that. Hopefully, um, hopefully that means that people are just staying home. Yeah, um, they're not taking getting COVID tests to see if they're quote unquote safe to meet people because there are no safe people, just safer practices. Um, yeah, and hopefully one of the reasons it's going down is colleges are back in session. And for kids who have to live on campus, uh, they had to get COVID tests first to move back in after the winter holidays.
1: Yeah. So that could be a sign of the trend. And yeah, like, again, I haven't been able to leave my house because uh, of the two feet of snow. And I know that many people who live in the Northeast are in the same situation. (laughs) So that might be driving that down like people just not yeah. being able to leave. So yeah, there there's a multitude of reasons that aren't just um, people growing complacent, but it could also be that. We just don't yeah. really know what the data means yet. We have the data, but we don't have like the analysis of the data.
0: Yeah, it, it's going to take a little bit longer before we get uh, to know that. The worst possible case is that we just hit the ceiling for how many tests we can give people. Uh, And there's going to be shortages of COVID tests again. And I hope that doesn't happen.
1: Yeah, I somehow doubt that. Like, I think now, after a year of this, um, people, everyone is prepared. Like, all of the places that administer tests, I know it differs state by state and sometimes county by county, but they all are prepared, have have been prepared for the worst for a long time now. So, I don't think it's that, but also that's just what I think and I don't really know. So
0: It's almost never the worst case scenario. Mm-hmm. Except for, like, these last couple years where it's always been the worst case scenario.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think that's the thing too. We've just, like, lived so long in such a terrible world that Every, every, when everything is bad, what, like, I don't even, I don't even know how to say that, but like, I think your threshold for badness is a lot higher. So when things are a little bad, it's fine. Like, this seems like something that's a little bad, but not like the worst thing in the world necessarily.
0: We should probably stop speculating on why people are not. taking covid tests as often um and talk about vaccine distribution yeah
1: um this is something that is uh specifically not good uh there was a new york times article the other day about how um people in not wealthy neighborhoods are getting vaccines into their uh hospitals into their Uh, into the vaccine distribution sites. But then the people living in those areas are not getting the vaccine because wealthier people and whiter people are getting all the appointments for the vaccines. Um, This is because of a combination of things. One, a lot of the... uh, A lot of the appointment sign-up process is online and, um, you know, we have a massive technology gap in this country, um, and people aren't able to sign up for the vaccine in time and aren't able to get appointments.
0: Um, I read earlier today in the New York Times, uh, that some... People looking for the vaccine have even gone so far as to cross state lines in order to get it. Yeah. Um, which feels like a terrible decision um, for a lot of reasons. I I just I don't feel like traveling and exposing yourself possibly to the virus is a good idea mm-hmm. uh, in order to get the vaccine. Uh, or possibly spreading the vaccine that you already have to another state is a good idea, especially as these new variants are popping up in different parts of the country.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah, another reason why it's mostly whiter people, mostly wealthier people getting the vaccine is because of the unfortunate skepticism around the vaccine. Um, and the New York Times says in Black and Latino communities, but I I know for a fact that, that it, it's a wider community than just the Black community and just the Latino community. Um, but for the Black and Latino co- community, the government is not a place to put your... The government is not someone you put your trust in. So it's decades and decades and centuries of mistrust of the government that has led to this as well. Um, and that mistrust is for a good reason. It's because they've been betrayed by the U.S. government many, many times. Um, like, we, know, we both know the history of the way black people have been treated by uh, the scientific community in America, specifically doctors and in medicine. Um, And it's not good. And uh, people of color are just discriminated against so much by doctors. Um, So it makes sense that they don't necessarily trust this vaccine. Um, I think that's a fixable problem. I think um, the more people get it, the more trusting they will be of it. But and but there also needs to be some sort of information campaign about the vaccine that I personally have... I haven't seen a lot of information about the vaccine specifically from the U.S. government yet. And I think that needs to happen. And I think it needs to be communicated to every single American that this vaccine is good and this vaccine will help people.
0: I think another thing that's contributing to this problem is the technological divide. Yeah. Um, because the only place to sign up in my area, the only way to sign up for a COVID-19 vaccine, is online. And it is currently only available to uh, healthcare workers, the incredibly elderly, and people with very specific chronic illnesses. Um, but if you are generally come from a poor community, uh, are old, or uh, are a person of color, you have less, less access to technology due to other racist and classist systems. Yeah. So you can't sign up for the vaccine, even if you are eligible and it is in your neighborhood. Yeah. Um,
1: I know, like, there are just, in my... From what I know personally, this is just personal anecdote, but, like, there are just links floating around being forwarded to people about, like, where to sign up for the vaccine and, like, this is in a hospital three hours away, but you can sign up and it's an easy sign up, so just do it, sort of thing. And it's it's just completely disorganized.
0: It's just leading to even more discrepancies and giving people who have the time to really research this vaccine even more of an advantage yeah both
1: really research this vaccine and um the time and patience to attempt multiple signups in multiple places and multiple hospital systems and the time to go to the vaccine sites um yeah there's a lot of privilege working here to get um white wealthy people the vaccine faster than people of color even if on the basic level the vaccine is being sent to communities of color like it's every other system that makes it more difficult and
0: we want an equitable rollout we want really to do things in a way that is fair and that helps the people most um, in crisis. And unfortunately that's not what's happening right now and I don't have a solution for that either. I feel like there needs to be a way
1: to get to people who don't have access to the technology, whether it's because they don't- they're elderly and just are unable to navigate the websites or whatever, or because they literally don't have Wi-Fi or don't have personal computers. Um, there needs to be a way to get them appointments. And I don't understand why it's so difficult. I don't know. We were visiting doctors and getting vaccines way before the internet existed. Maybe we should look at those solutions.
0: (laughs) Let's... Move on to our main topic this week, that is still related, uh, and talk about the housing crisis. Yeah.
1: <laughs> in addition to all of the the COVID stuff, we're we're in a housing crisis because of COVID. In part, it's in the news because a new study from the uh, Federal Reserve Bank of Philadelphia. Showed that tenants who lost jobs in the pandemic have missed roughly eleven billion dollars in rental payments. I don't. How do I don't know how to fathom that amount amount of money. Like, where's that TikTok rice guy? I need to know what eleven billion dollars looks like.
0: Yeah, uh, I believe we're about one sixteenth of a Jeff Bezos. Still, a lot of money still so much money that means that Jeff Bezos could still have
1: billions and billions of dollars and pay everyone's rent
0: a broader study from Moody Analytics which included all delinquent renters not just the people that lost their jobs in the pandemic estimated that as of January of this year renters owed 53 billion in back rent, utilities and late fees still not even one whole Jeff Bezos
1: it's a quarter of a Jeff Bezos but uh the kind of good news here it's a sort it's it's sort of a good news, is that uh Joe Biden, the president, um has extended the eviction moratorium, uh and twenty five billion dollars is set to be distributed to people in need. Um it does help, but it doesn't It won't reach people who uh, cut back on food, medicine, and other essentials in order to not miss a rent payment, which is a lot of people who are just squeezing and squeezing so that they can pay to continue to live in the same place.
0: It also doesn't include people who maybe moved in with relatives, um, got subtenants, and further limited how much they could do with their lives, because everybody is just trying to hold on. And avoiding homelessness has always been one of my biggest worries as someone who was raised poor. And it's just so heartbreaking to see so many families go through this. Yeah. No, it's horrifying.
1: And, yeah, it's really important, not just because of the amount of money that landlords lost, but because even before the pandemic millions of families were spending more than 30 percent of their income on rent um the pandemic just made this problem even worse of just more than 30 percent of their income on rent is just an absurd amount of money and i was paying that like that's just it's what we're used to
0: yeah it's It's a lot, yeah. Um, but it's not something that can continue long-term. It's not sustainable for these families.
1: And it's also why these families weren't able to, you know, put money in savings for a rainy day or if someone lost their job. Because all of their money was being put into rent.
0: And that's that's really on the affordable housing crisis. So. <laughs> a thing we've had literal decades to work on and just didn't like wasn't just didn't. wasn't
1: part of the 2008 financial crisis like because of real estate. Yeah. And then just like it, the crisis happened and then and then nothing. And then nothing.
0: We didn't do a lot of the things that we should have done. Um states And local governments and federal governments, really everybody, didn't continue to invest in affordable housing uh, after decades of scaling back. Um, Nobody really addressed the racial wealth gap uh, or the decades of racist policy that stopped black people from being homeowners in the first place. And it's just depressing. That we had so many opportunities where we could have helped people and never took them.
1: But at least we're stopping evictions for now. Um, yeah, and also, if people lose their homes during this pandemic, with COVID as bad as it is, with COVID as contagious as it is with the new mutations, um, people will be more susceptible to COVID. It's also the middle of winter right now which means in most parts of the country it's freezing cold and our immune systems are lower than usual. And, yeah, you you can't expect people to stay home if they have no homes. So, how's people?
0: It's just...
1: Yeah. Did you see the MTA's tweet the other day that they deleted?
0: Oh, is this about the benches? The benches. Yeah. Um, God. As... As you are the close to New Yorker, yeah. Right now, yeah. <laughs> uh, why don't Why don't you explain one thing the city of New York and state of New York has been doing to hurt the homeless?
1: Yeah. So the Metropolitan Transport Authority, the MTA. Um, is the uh, subway and bus system in New York. That's what they're called. Uh, And they are run by, not by the city of New York, but the state of New York. Governor Cuomo is in charge of that. Um, So uh, they've decided uh, to remove the benches in the train stations, um, which is uh, bad because it's ableist, it's a, it, it's just bad all around, but it's especially bad because someone from the MTA literally tweeted that they removed the benches because they didn't want homeless people to sleep on them.
0: Yeah. They didn't even come up with a fake reason. Yeah. They later
1: deleted the tweet.
0: <laughs> there are even good fake reasons they could have come up with. Um... Removing the benches was part of our COVID strategy because we didn't want more surfaces that people could touch and spread germs through that way. Easy excuse. I just thought of it now. I don't know why the state of New York hates homeless people so much as the homeless population of New York City are still citizens of New York.
1: Yeah. Um,
0: it also doesn't,
1: like, what Where do you expect homeless people to go? Um, Like, sleeping on a subway bench is kind of their last resort. There are shelters, and they are are full. These homeless shelters are full. That's why they're sleeping on benches, or do you want them to go up into the two feet of snow piled up on the sides of sidewalks and sleep? Like, it's just... It's disgusting. And, um... Yeah, if if more people are evicted and more people are turned homeless, um, expect your city to do something similar because uh, it seems that many government officials just don't like. It's not that they don't want, they want to fix the problem; it's that they don't like seeing homeless people around. That's been the issue with New York. It's that they don't want the visual of homeless people around, but they also don't want to house them.
0: And this is not the only place that's had problems. Uh, And it's not just governments that are having these problems and are being actively hostile to the homeless people. For example, in Austin earlier Mm -hmm. this week, dozens of people protested, and I do say dozens in a mean way. Dozens of people protested to the purchase of a hotel to house the homeless, saying that it would um, be bad for the community, uh, and that giving homeless people housing would bother the residential area.
1: Yeah, uh, the lovely, lovely uh, moms of the Upper West Side have done the same um, in New York. It's just disgusting. It Like, w- wealthy people in these areas that homeless people move into because they have nowhere else to go seem to see homeless people as subhuman, as like undeserving of housing, as bad people who are dangerous for their children. Yeah. and when it's-, it's, it's just they're just people who want a place to sleep. Yeah.
0: The homeless people of my city are part of my city. They are a part of my community. They are not some invading force they're just people who don't have homes and we should treat them with respect and try to help them because we help people um and also those dozens of protesters i'm still saying dozens in a mean way (laughs) were even their arguments against the, the shelter were absolutely ridiculous um they said they didn't want people going coming and going and it was permanent supportive housing uh it's just absolutely ridiculous and also completely overlooks the fact that most of the city of austin has been entirely gentrified within our lifetimes Mm -hmm. uh it seems like a cool city and all but it the cost of living in there has increased so much just in our lifetimes because wealthy people moved to the city because it was cool because of all the people who originally lived there. Sounds like Brooklyn.
1: Um <laughs> Yeah, and that's that's not even talking about the fact that uh the people who many many people who are homeless people of color and many people protesting against housing homeless people are white.
0: And like it's just all disgusting. Luckily there are things we can do as citizens to help with this housing crisis and work with the people suffering the most. Um, One big step we can do is to just be in constant communication with our legislators uh, both at the federal level and at lower levels because they work for us and they should listen to us and if they don't listen to us we will just get louder and more annoying. We're real good at that. Mm -hmm.
1: I feel like one of the mottos of our show is just be annoying and that's because being annoying works.
0: It's basically the only way to get anything done in this country, which well, depressing is very American.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so call your legislators to ask for an, an even longer eviction moratorium. Maybe forever, but I don't think many legislators will um, want that or, like, you know, sign on to that. So just longer works too. Um, in addition to the uh monthly two thousand dollar checks that were promised to us, um, and that everyone in this country deserves to receive. Cause that would help loads with rent and other things. Groceries, just living
0: Yeah, we we don't need to means test our stimulus checks. As we said last week, these emergency rescue checks are based off of our 2019 income, and nothing in my life is the same as it was in 2019. Nope. (laughs) Additionally, talk to your legislators at every level and let them know that you want them to focus on ensuring safe and affordable housing and making sure it's available and accessible because the rent- the rent is too damn high.
1: The rent is too damn high. Yeah, we have a whole nother episode on the rent being too damn high from before the pandemic.
0: That's how much has changed. (laughs) You can also ask them to implement housing first policies to homelessness because the easiest way to stop people from being homeless is to give them a home. It's the least expensive way to do it as well. I'm sure that's going to convince some of them. Yep. implementing housing first policies saves money at every level of government because you're spending less in medical fees trying to give people emergency services to homeless people you're spending less money on temporary housing on warming shelters in the, the winter looking at you chicago and new york yep everything will be better if we just give homeless people housing we will save money. We can use that money to spend on other issues. And also, there won't be homeless people. And that'll be great. Yeah, and it's not like there aren't
1: places to house them. They exist already. And I think that's the main thing. Like, there, there is space for them. Hotels are opening up to them. Like, just give them homes. Um. But um, if you want to do more direct action than just calling up your legislators and begging them to do the bare minimum for the people they serve, Um, you can donate to your local mutual aid to help the people in your community. Um, A little bit goes a long way. I think everyone knows that now. Yeah. Yeah. Donate to your local mutual aid or donate to your local food bank. Um, every little bit helps with these places.
0: I'm really looking forward to my idea of the future where I can give back. I'm Not there yet. Not there yet. Uh, but I legitimately think that if you have the funds, if you are surviving throughout this, you have to do what you can to help the people around you. Um, if that means, you know, calling up your elderly neighbors and asking if they need help making a vaccine appointment, or helping uh, your friends go grocery shopping if they're, you know, compromised, or just keeping a kid entertained because their parents need to get work done and this kid is small and loud. There are options. Or just giving money. Giving money is by far the easiest thing to do if you have money.
1: Yeah, it's great. And um, as always, uh, we want to stress the importance of being safe while helping others. Um, Double mask. uh, Stay home. Wash your hands. uh, Get the vaccine if you are eligible and able to get it. And don't try to take someone else's spot. <laughs> I can't believe I have to say this, but wait your turn. But get it if you need it. I, like, how do I phrase that in a way that makes sense? <laughs> Just... If you're a wealthy white person who is able to stay home, maybe wait on getting the
0: vaccine. There are so many options. Uh... But yeah, mostly just stay home, wear your masks, wash your hands, and care. Care about your neighbors. Care about the wider community. Try to be a responsible member of your community because it's gonna make your life better. I'm definitely going to remember all of my neighbors that don't wear masks, and I will give them weird looks for many years to come. Yeah. Because they let me know what their face looks like. It's their fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, and if you're if you're a person of color listening, and um, you have family members or friends who uh, don't quite trust the vaccine, maybe discuss it with them and hype up the vaccine because it is uh, uh,
0: the vaccines are pretty good. They're, they're doing good things. And um, I don't want to put this on our listeners, but one big problem um, that has been noticed specifically in the Latinx and Asian communities is that a lot of the COVID-19 information is not translated and is only available in English. So if you're bilingual, you're very, very useful right now. Please help people get accurate information. <laughs> I'm so sorry to put this on you, but you might need to do it.
1: <laughs> yeah. Like, and even if you can't, like, translate documents, like, at least uh, do the reading so if someone asks you, you can yeah. talk about it. All
0: right. Should we talk about the good yes. things? Let's talk about some good news. My good news, something that's um not close to my heart, but that I feel a sense of pride and vindication over... It's Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene. If you don't know who Congresswoman Marjorie Taylor Greene is, she is a congresswoman from Georgia who embraces the QAnon mass delusion, uh, as the New York Times put it, and spews far right conspiracy theories that, like a com- widely derided notion of Jewish space lasers, uh, she has denounced the Sandy Hook massacre as fake harass a Parkland High School shooting survivor, and express support for executing Congressional Democrats, also known as her co-workers, because she did do this well in office. Uh, Congressman Marjorie Taylor Greene this week has also been removed from her committee assignments. I think she should be removed from the Congress entirely, but this is a start because I don't think you should be allowed to tell people you want to execute your co-workers
1: yeah that seems uh, not good <laughs> at the very
0: least it seems like a fireable offense
1: yeah I feel like if I went into work and I, I, I uh, and then I uh, went I don't know live on twitch uh, and said I want I wanted my co-workers dead which I don't they're great um, I would be fired like that that just seems
0: yeah. obvious. I don't currently um, have co-workers, but I can promise I would never do this.
1: Yeah, no, I wouldn't. Even if I have my complaints about my work, I would never...
0: Advocate violence? I would never...
1: Uh, yeah. Not seriously. Um, And she was 100% serious about all of this. Like, let's... She. There was no irony in her. There was no joking. There was... All, she seriously believed that the California wildfires were started
0: by Jewish space lasers. She has doubled down on several of these claims. So even if she secretly doesn't believe it, bet she is still stoking the flames of other extremists.
1: Yeah, she is still... Uh, affirming the beliefs of a a violent community of white supremacists. And that should be a fireable offense. Um, She still has voting power from what I understand. She can vote for and against motions in Congress, but uh, the fact that she has been removed from uh, the uh, actual legislating part like writing legislation part of uh her job is something and you know what 11 republicans voted to remove her from committees which is it's something something
0: it's a little bit pathetic that it was only 11 people but
1: (laughs) But like those 11 people like it's like wow you have maybe uh a, a drip of morality, Integrity in you. even
0: a <laughs> willing to defend our institutions, yeah, of democracy, yeah, um, yeah, on to good, happy news,
1: yeah. This is the best news. This is the best week is starting. Um, it's uh Wednesday as you're listening, which means uh, in on Friday we start the live streams, yes, yeah, so in two days. Uh, The Project for Awesome is going to officially kick off its live streams. Uh, I've discussed the Project for Awesome in the past, but basically it's a charity event where uh, the Nerdfighter community uh, discusses all their favorite charities and makes videos about them. And then we also raise money during that time and uh, you can get great perks. And then in the end, everyone votes on their favorite charities and... Decide The community decides which charities are going to receive the money that we raise, which is fantastic. It's such a lovely community event, and it's so much fun. Um, If you want to see a Sharpie face John Green, you can do that. If you want to get a Nerdfighter art that I made, you can do that. Uh, We both are making videos.
0: It's going to be a great time. While well, the live stream goes on from the 12th to 14th, you do get to vote on which charities receive the money that the Project for Awesome raises. I think you should vote for the videos that we make and the charities that we talk about. Yes. Completely biased, but we did both pick good yes. causes this year.
1: Yeah. Um. Yeah, uh, we discussed the uh, technology discrepancy Uh. during this episode, and um, I talk about that in my... In my video and the charity that I chose, what what charity did you choose?
0: Uh, I am going to be making a video on Planned Parenthood. This project for Awesome, fantastic. A thing that we didn't discuss this episode, but it's still important.
1: We discussed uh, healthcare, and this has to do with healthcare because Planned Parenthood provides excellent healthcare. So
0: they do. Yeah, they do. Please join us on the 12th to the 14th of February 2021 for the Project for Awesome. It's going to be a great time.
1: And yeah, it's also Valentine's Day weekend, um, so uh, you can uh, spread the love by, by donating money to the Foundation to Degrease World Suck. Um, and yeah, I'm just doing good charity work.
0: And finally, Norelli, what is our mango fact this week?
1: So our mango fact this week is uh, some good mango news. And it's that South Africa, uh, specifically the um, Limpopo province, um, is uh, having a good mango season. Um, Yeah, they're getting a lot of good rain and the mangoes are growing. And yeah, in in South Africa, the uh, Calypso cultivar... Is a uh, great and it's useful for drying and fresh sales, although their princess orchards are still very young. Um, however, it is not so great for the lemons. Um, the uh, the rain disrupted the lemon harvest, unfortunately. So, um, yeah, sorry to the lemons, but uh, it's mango season, baby, in in South Africa.
0: <laughs> it's not terrible news honestly uh so yeah i'm very glad for all of south africa for having a good thing we can discuss instead of a covid variant i'm happy you have yeah. mangoes.
1: yeah yeah <laughs> seems like it's been stressful in south africa so yeah. yeah uh glad you can you can munch on those mangoes
0: Thank you so much for listening, everyone. If you want to hear more from me, you can find me at Katrina Ames on YouTube, Twitter, TikTok, and Twitch. Where can we find you, Narelli?
1: You can find me at Firewood Sparkler on uh, YouTube, Twitter, Twitch, occasionally TikTok. Um, still feeling TikTok out. Uh, you can also find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash onyourleftpod where you can support us and... Um, You know, check out the cool perks, and yeah, it's a great time over on Patreon. Um, Join us there. You can also check out our bookshop storefront at bookshop.org slash shop slash onyourleftpod. Yeah, I've updated it a little bit with some recommendations, so uh, yeah, it's a great
0: time. This has been the On Your Left Pod all about the COVID-19 housing crisis.